0: Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic show today. We had a special guest, Sergito, come to the show. Sergito's ex-Goldman Sachs. He's an OG nifty gateway mod. He's got some serious NFT investments in his collection. Crypto Punk holder, MeBit holder, former, uh, you know, holder of basically all of the notable NFTs that you see out there. And he talked about, you know, his uh, perspective on the macro situation with the economy and then also like where NFTs are at now, where they could go and what the bubble Really was right, and like whether we 'll get to those valuations again it's a really great conversation with someone that's from the traditional finance world that's now full time web three and has been in the space for even a little bit longer than than I have um, other than that we actually are joined by a crypto analyst after a little impromptu guest uh, who's a bitcoiner and he and I share some similar perspectives about bitcoin nfts Crypto markets, all the above. So, overall, fantastic show. As usual, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, August 17th. This is the NFT morning show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 30 a.m. Eastern time, each and every week, where we talk all things NFT market. All of the stories of the NFT space, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the rugs, we talk about it all. If you want to contribute to the conversation, request to speak, I will let you on stage. No self-promotion allowed, but you can totally give us your thoughts on the NFT market. You can surface uh, underserved projects, if you will, uh, as long as they're legit come on, you know what to do. Uh, Really excited to get into it today. We may be joined by Sergito, an NFT market OG of sorts. He started right around the same time as me. Uh, Definitely, I I would consider him a whale. So we'll be curious to hear his thoughts on the market. That'll be later in the show. But I'm P.O. here with my co-host, Nifty Nick. Signal, the writer of the best newsletter in the NFT space, King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders. Whoa! He knows crypto gaming. There he is, Easy Eats Bodega, the head of the Solana Vertical at the Nifty, about to literally blow up and be a much bigger deal than anyone else on stage. And then some of our badass speakers, Depeche Node, now the host of Node Mode, a new podcast in the Nifty ecosystem. Spencer Gordon Sand, before you know it, Spencer Spencer's going to be investing in the companies that you're using every day. He's going to be a big deal in venture capital. And, of course, Quadzilla, the man quad, riding the Moonbirds to zero. No, I'm just kidding, Quad. And shout-out to all my Moonbird holders out there. Shout-out to Kevin Rose and the Moonbirds. Anyway, we're going to get into the show. We're going to talk about the space last night with Board Ape Yacht Club that my my co-founder, Nifty Nick, closed out. Nifty Nick was the last speaker on stage in the iconic – Board Ape Yacht Club Twitter space. So that was super duper cool. Uh, we even got a shout out from Illa producer. Shout out to Illa right here. I think it's probably too early for him to be in the crowd. He's out on the West Coast. Uh, but that was incredibly cool to have that happen during that show last night. And we're, we're going to talk about all the stories of the space. I'm looking at the top 10 on OpenSea. And it's uh, it's definitely an interesting batch of projects that are commanding the market's attention. So, you know, before I go any further, Nifty Nick, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I sold my doodle at the bottom yesterday. I'm feeling great.
0: Yeah, but I mean, so, it, how much did it really go <laughs> up? The floor is
1: 7.35. Dude, it's flying. It's gone up 0.5 since I Has sold it. Has it really? One. Let me tell you. It's just absolutely uh, – actually 0.8. Oh, shit. Um,
0: okay, that's actually more than but, I thought.
1: Uh, but whatever. Um, they still haven't d- tweeted
2: in
3: 15 days. Wow. Wow. I-
1: I feel like that's like that's like the entire analysis of it. It's like, oh, they haven't tweeted. We got to sell the shit out of this project, which is so ludicrous. Um, I mean, there's some legitimacy to that. There like, is. you don't have you, you don't have a social media manager who's like tweeting. I don't understand. Like, the, the it, it doesn't. They they have a lot of money. Um, so it it is kind of odd not to like engage with anything. I, I, like some people are being like. Oh great! Now we got um, uh, you know fud about uh, Doodles not tweeting, comparing it to like Bored Apes not uh, launching, it, making any announcements last night. Um, but outside of that, uh, I mean, there is there is some legitimacy to it. I'm more I, I I'd been watching the Doodles and wanting to sell only because when they announced that there's essentially going to be infinite supplies of Doodles, that's usually not a bullish sign. Um, Although maybe they figure out a way that that actually is compelling, and frankly, they're one of the best teams in the space. Um, are they? So, oh, oh wow! Okay, I agree. Um, <laughs> well, Holy, a, the are,
0: are agreed. I thought Kix just said, "Are no, they?" And
1: that's then what he, he said. chimed in and agreed. No, he, no, I agree with the are they. <laughs> no, <laughs> sp- oh really? Okay, so we got two people. Yo, good thing I sold because we got two authorities in the space. Uh, expressing their opinions in a similar way to mine uh, and, we, and, and we're opposed <laughs> to diversity of thought, you know, on this show. So, so it's a good thing that we're all in agreement here. No, <laughs> no,
0: that, that, Nick's just joking. Ladies and gentlemen, are okay. definitely want to, hear are, both we gonna, sides are we
1: going to be, atta- are you concerned we're going to be attacked for lack of diversity? Is that, this, is that the next thing that's coming um, in terms of, I am curious to hear what uh, kicks and Spencer are like. Are they though? Um I'm curious where that uh where that comes from.
0: Well, Spencer, take it away. I mean, look all right, we're getting right into yeah. it, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna do this chat before we even get into Signals Weather Report. Spencer, well, let's go.
4: Yeah, so here's my thing with Doodles. I, I, I like the team, but like you also have to look at where they came from. Like like this is like Poopy was the guy who did a lot of the like Crypto Kitties in the first cycle, right? And CryptoKitties had a lot of issues and they came over. And the art's great, but they've really delivered nothing except for a couple of cool tech things and some some more art and at their event like they announced that they like they announced space doodles 2 without announcing what space doodles 1 does and then their big play was to have pharrell who never tweeted about it never engaged with it wasn't at the announcement of his involvement and then they're doing like a music thing so they become a music nft like it just it doodles has always felt like like they weren't really like the they've delivered so hard on the IRL experiences because they weren't putting time, effort, energy, and resources into delivering on anything else. And then they've really not promised that they're delivering on anything else. Right. And so I don't know, like, I think it's, I really like the art. The team has experience, but also if you look at their track record, they don't really have this experience of delivering much. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's shouldn't be surprising. It's like kind of the same
3: playbook.
0: Okay, kicks, and then Quad's got his hand raised. We're starting off, right, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about something. Uh, kicks. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, man, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, sit up here and like trash on uh, projects. I mean, like, sounds doodle. like you are. Sounds like you are. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> go get yourself a mai tai from the airport lounge, okay, buddy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, the uh, um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo exactly what uh, like Spencer said, which is that um it, it's just un- it's unclear to me like the, the the direction that they're going um and and the real like overarching vision that they have i know a lot of nft projects love the uh the the uh to, to like exude mysteriousness but i think a lot of times just because no one has any idea what they're actually doing and um yeah i think it's great art it's phenomenal art it's like actually one of the few pfp projects out there where you can actually be like oh this is like really cool like it it's very pleasing to the eyes but i mean i i just have concerns that they they have the chance of going down the cool cats route um which is like i i've it it kind of seems like the same moves are being made like let's go hire some other people to be the ceos like who the fuck do you hire to be the ceo of an nft company what i mean like (laughs) Like, let's be real here
0: we got to just hire some some dope CEO from somewhere for, else. Right? Like, one of the biggest
3: things in traditional tech startups, there are exceptions for sure, but people are really bullish on like founder-led businesses, at least for like the first couple of years. Because like if you're in any sort of innovative space, like the person that did the original innovating should probably be at the uh, driving seat in some mm-hmm. some way, you know, shape or form. Um, but it, it, once again, it's fine if other people come in, if you have a CEO, that's like an operator kind of CEO, which is like the vibes that I get from the Yuga lab CEO, that's all fine. What I'm just trying to say is that I see the potential for doodles to kind of go down the cool cats route where it's like, we don't know exactly what we're doing. And we're kind of just shooting a bunch of different shots. And if those don't hit, then the, you know, floor place can, uh, you know, potentially continue to bleed. Um, but I'm not the one that fucking sold my doodles. I don't know why I'm getting heat up here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wait, you have a doodle kicks? Nah, dude, I sold that like a lifetime ago. sold that <laughs> shit at the
1: top player. Um, and I was going to say we're looking at the CEOs of uh, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and some other weapons systems companies to come and take over our NFT media company. So if any of them are in the audience right now, we'd love to uh, speak to them about sort of just broad strategy within uh, this sort of uh, new industry.
0: Absolutely. You know, Quad, you raised your hand during the Doodles discussion. Is that, you know, w- was it to talk about Doodles for a minute?
5: Yeah, yeah. I think Doodles are in, are in an interesting, um, interesting position. They have a lot of execution risk coming up, which is w- what I view as, as probably their, their biggest issue. Is, you know, they, they've spoken about Doodles to potentially being on an alternate chain. That's obviously a, a huge risk uh, to adding that to that experience to an alternate chain. I actually bought a duplicator because I wanted to be involved in the NFT NYC experience because uh, I was not a holder at, <clears throat> excuse me, South by Southwest. And uh, the experience was absolutely so terrible that uh, I sold my, my duplicator. Um, so, you know, it, I think we talk about this all the time that big projects, anytime they launch something new or go a different route, it's an execution risk. Even other side was an execution risk for Yuga and they, they didn't execute. And so when it comes to, to something of that nature, I, I, it, there's so much uncertainty around doodles. And even if doodles like doodles 2, space doodles, all those things work out, I have yet to have anybody explain to me how that brings whole, brings value to the original collection of doodles.
0: Yeah, and so you know what Spencer said stuck out to me because Spencer was like, they release Space Doodles two without saying what Space Doodles one actually do. And my thing is, everybody needs to understand at this point, no NFT does anything. They, they, like, what what do you mean? Like, an NFT is so, going to do something? Yeah, I no. got
3: a ten thousand dollar pair from uh, of of shoes from Clone X. That I got a <laughs> picture of them, and I guess like sometimes this decade I'll get a a, a pair of them. Uh. I uh I
1: didn't send my doodle to space and that felt like a missed opportunity, but it didn't change anything about it whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, like no NFT does anything, right? So that's that's the fact of the
1: matter. Well, that's not um, true. Come on, Po. I got a plushie from the Alien Friends. <laughs> oh, there, <yeah>. okay, true. <laughs> so
0: some some NFTs give you stuffed animals.
1: I, I got to buy some yeah. um, hoodies from boardie Yacht Club and I was able to sell those on eBay for more,
3: so that was pretty exciting. Kicks. Yeah, man, I, I still like doodles. I'm not trying to like trash on them or send them to zero. I just think that there are they're a lot of projects in the NFT space, especially successful ones that have raised a lot of money and maybe have investors breathing down their neck, are currently or about to be going through an identity crisis. Yeah. And some of them will make it through it with flying colors. Other ones are going to kind of just like, you know, uh, you know, like a kid throwing a, a bowling ball down a... Uh, a bowling alley with with bumpers on the side. You kind of hope that those bumpers like lead it towards a strike. Like, um, it's, kind, it's kind of like a kid waking up in the morning, a baby picking up a
1: 18 pound bowling ball and then throwing it into the <laughs> river. You know, and uh, and then just like diving in after it and floating down alongside it. That's kind of what it's like.
0: That's great, great analogies, uh, gentlemen. Uh, so, I mean, look, the the good thing that Doodles did is they dropped a PFP collection during the PFP bull run that effectively is one of the best ones. So, like, they came into a market and they made, like, the best of something, which is a big deal. It's just the fact of the matter, right, that the partnership with Burnt Toast and Burnt Toast applying his artwork to the PFP uh, realm, uh, you know, he, he set an example for artists, he you know, it's it, it was innovative at that time. Every, like Kix said, every single NFT project is having an identity crisis because people keep asking, "What do I get? What is, what does it do? What's the utility?" And the answer to all those questions is, "There's nothing," at this yeah. point. At this point, there's nothing. That's why Yuga Labs making a game makes more and more sense to me every day because at least it's something, right? At least they're making something. Kicks, go ahead.
3: I was I was also gonna sh- just just going to preface. Once again, because I don't like there's an there's a problem and not not a problem with NFTs, but there's just uh, the fact of the matter is that like 95 percent of projects just disappear through a variety of means. They just fell on their face or they slow rugged or they hard rugged. And so then the only projects left are the ones that like we can criticize. So it kind of like we have to preface all criticism being by being like, hey, at least doodles is still around doing stuff and provided um, some great upside opportunity for people that bet on them uh, early. I, rem- I vividly remember at one point in time, Party Dgens and Doodles were the same price, and Nick was like, "Sell your Party Dgens and buy a Doodle." And mm. I thanked Nick, and that did not work out well. Once again, point being that when we're criticizing projects, we're criticizing projects that are still around and are still trying to make stuff work so we always just have to preface the criticism by being like hey thanks for at least still being around right like they could have sartoshied us right yeah, they could have sartoshied the doodles and they did it. you know they're still working
0: 100 percent. well you, you're saying this you, you got
1: you, <laughs> thanks for showing up to work today you no know, no you but been, it, sit, you've been sitting at the desk all day just <laughs> fucking around on uh you know twitter i'm but, a big yeah.
3: butt <laughs> and speak guy nick as long as they're butt <laughs> and feet, you know what i'm saying
1: Hey, look, and
0: that's what it has to be. It also goes into what I've been talking about, which is a Web3 business, which Doodles is a Web3 business versus an NFT project. And if you want me to buy an NFT project, that's a hard, hard, hard no. But if you want me to buy a Web3 business like a Doodle or a Moonbird or a Potatoes or you know a Clonex, yeah, I'm all in. I'm totally in. But if you're going to pitch me an NFT project, no thank you. I'm good to go. I'm all set on that. Uh, all right. Well, we got hands raised. Then we'll signal's probably thrown off. Her weather report's been delayed, but we're going to get to it in a minute. We got Takeoff Tone. Uh, that's a pretty cool name, Takeoff Tone, who has his hand raised. I don't believe you've been on the show before. Then I'm going to throw it a Bell, but Takeoff Tone, what's on your mind?
6: Yo, GM, can you guys hear me? We can. We're, we're. Okay. Uh, I haven't been on the show before, but I tune in, you know, basically every morning on my way to the gym. But um, I just had questions I heard. I was talking about, like, the top teams in the space and, like, referring to Doodles as one of the top teams. And I'm just curious is how we make those requirements for what's the top team. Because, like, obviously, like you guys said, during the bowl, they, uh, you know, they had one of the top collections. Doodles were pumping. A lot of people made money. A lot of people made flips. It was all good. But, you know, during the bear, like you said, MIA, uh, no Twitter presence. You know what I mean? Like, this just don't really have much going on. So how do we rank them above other teams that kind of have, you know, a similar playbook? Kind of like uh, Cool Cats, like we talked about. Like Cool Cats, you know, they're at least doing something. They're building with their game. They're trying. I don't have any They're a Web3 business for sure. Yeah, right, right, right. So how do we compare them as far as, like, top teams in the space? You know what I mean?
1: I feel like there's a bunch of things associated with it. The biggest thing or the reason that I even said that, although everyone was like, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, you're dumb so uh, i don't know that everyone was in agreement in that but i think the biggest thing is um the only reason i said that was that they had a depth of experience um in the nft space they were around at the foundation of um oh my god why am i blanking on the first erc 721 um nft project with the the crypto kitties crypto kitties there you go um so they helped create ERC-721, which is now what's used for the vast majority of uh, NFT projects, you know, that, that gets you so far. Yeah, I've seen teams with world-class smart contract teams who uh, have not executed well um, or have been uh, usurped or surpassed by um, superior teams that have done better jobs at execution. So, But the bottom line is, like, they have a solid bench of talent, Um, the real question is, is like, does the market reward that? And I think that that's something that's harder to determine, but well, it's actually not that difficult to determine. The market doesn't, it doesn't give a shit about like the technical aspects of things like the price goes down. Um, it, it, like that doesn't matter at all. Um, really people like, yo, that looks cool. And then a bunch of other people are like, yo, that is cool. And then suddenly that's what gets rewarded. So, I um, but, but, but I still I still think they have a ton of experience, though. Yeah, I think the team is super
6: experienced. I was just kind of curious how it compares to something like Cool Cats, you know, because obviously, like, to me, in my perspective, Cool Cats are, like, Doodles and, like, some alternate universe. You know what I mean? Like, the projects are very similar, like, artistically. They're both aesthetically pleasing to look at. You know what I mean? They both have pretty solid teams, of Web3 experience. But one has been rewarded thus far, and the other one hasn't. The The one one being rewarded is is Doodles?
3: yeah i completely agree with what takeoff is saying takeoffs is basically saying that like they they both are projects that had relatively similar trajectories relatively similar hype in the community and they both have like done things so like at the end of the day like what's the difference between the two and takeoff like personally i think cool cats i have a lot of respect for their team especially because the price is going down so hard like you don't understand the amount of pressure Uh, And not you. I'm just saying like the collective us don't understand the amount of pressure that's like on a team when things aren't going well. And you have people just like trashing on you, chipping on you like at least cool cats like tried some stuff. Right. They tried milk. They tried the marketplace. Like, yeah, sure. It didn't work out, but they're at least trying. So you're you're 100 percent right, man. It's uh, a lot of times the difference between why a project is Google Lab style and why a project is down in the gutter. Is, is more so the community around the project than the project you know, developers themselves a lot of times. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's why I like to sugarcoat everything and be like, hey, if we're talking about a project here, if we're criticizing their actions, at least they're making actions, which puts them ahead of 95% of the other operators in the space.
0: Yeah, and I think that Doodles and Cool Cats are probably one of the best, like, head-to-heads that you can point to in the NFT space. And now that we're talking about it, I am surprised at the premium that's on Doodles versus the Cool Cats floor. That is pretty interesting when you start to think about it. It looks like the floor price on Doodles is 7.5 Ethereum, and the floor price on Cool Cats is, what, closer to, like,
1: 2 at this point? It's 2.4. 2.4. So it's one-third, or uh, 33%. Uh, if you divide by three, that's the number that you would end up with.
0: Well, thank you, Nick. I <laughs> wouldn't have been able to do that myself. Appreciate it. Um, so I want to hear from Bell. And then I- I- I'm loving having all our speakers wanting to speak, but we got to give Signal her shine. For people that don't know, if-, if Signal doesn't get to do her weather report, she basically just goes like gangster on me. It's like this like UK gangster thing where like, you know, in the UK, people don't get shot. They get like stabbed. She just yeah, starts man. sending me like knife you- pics.
7: I'm P.O. <laughs> we get the report or what? Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: there, 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 you, there you have it. She's a I'm hooligan. It, in it. Sense. <laughs> Can we get
7: report? Okay, I've got to go get suntan. Right? Oh, oh, boy. so
0: I'm already like I'm I'm trembling. My, my heart's starting to pump, but I got to hear from Bell first. Bell, uh, what is on your mind? I'm assuming it's in the the Doodle versus School Cat or Doodle discussion. Then we'll throw to
8: Sig. Yeah, it is uh, exactly that. But now that Sig came out with that voice, I'd love to hear the weather report in that voice. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, About the Doodle and Cool Cats thing, I was just going to say, I think that this is like a recurring problem that we're going to continue to see in the space. Because a lot of the artist-led PFP projects, such as Cool Cats and Doodles, became, you know, um, number one. Um, and hot items number one because of the art itself it's amazing Um, number two because they did it they were hot during the bull run and it built that community but as the space matures and as VCs come into the space and as we have real businesses come in and people you know um, making careers out of Web3 expect a lot more Um, and so I think that this is going to be something that we continue to see that artists led PFP projects that don't have the team equipped to do a lot more and that especially pull up um, team members from Web 2 traditional spaces, including community managers. I mean, down to, to community managers' levels, or I should say up to, because I think that they're one of the most important um, parts of the community. Um, if they don't get that right, then we're just going to continue to see those floor prices decrease.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally on point, uh, and you know, kind of well summarized. Uh, so everybody wants to chat right now, which is fantastic. I feel great as the host, but we got to throw to signal uh, before she gets all all. Yeah, we don't want to
1: hear about none of y'all. You know what? <laughs> that's enough. That's S- enough.
0: <laughs> signal, please. The
1: weather
7: report. Take it away. Sure, morning, folks. So today, that Wednesday, the seventeenth of August, open sea volume. It's still in that mid teens. We're still in that sort of fourteen. 14- 14 range we're in the high 20s last week but right now it's really coming down the leaders you've got apes at 78.5 mutants at 14.8 and you've got punks at 68.5 so not too much change there whilst moonbirds is at 12.2 doodles it has a nice little bounce it's gone gone back up to 7.4 and then clonex at 6.95 so still some choppiness at these levels but does seem that there's some stabilization happening Overnight, so we, we we talked about it earlier, but Apes and Mutants, it's um, leading the open sea ranks. They had the spaces last night where they were celebrating their one million follower milestone. And all that's happened over the past year and a half with the founders, Illidan producer, Miami, a. apparently Nick was there. I was in bed, but whatever. Uh, and Apes are still ranging just sub 88. So it's all good. Um, interestingly enough, Drifter Shoots, the artist and photographer, announced his next drop with Nifty Gateway called Bridging the Gap. That's going to be happening on Sunday. It has a bidding requirement of $1,000 and $4,000 for different NFTs. And a one-of-one is being auctioned for a minimum bid of $60,000. So you've got to have quite deep pockets to participate for the one-of-one minting of the thousand uh, grails, it's just over a thousand of them for proof, that started yesterday in the last grail, some of the rarest pieces sold for for almost a hundred ETH so the community is seriously hard at work trying to figure out who the artists figured in uh, who the artist featured in Grails 2 to participate you do need to have a Grails 2 pass and they're now trading for around 3.25 eth and lastly Puma has announced the list of partner community allow lists for their upcoming mint it's quite a roster it includes admit one moonbird Zen Academy, Goblin Town, Gutter Cat Gang, and many more. The raffle winners will get to mint a Nitro Pass for 0.2 ETH, which will then be used on Puma's Black Station. We don't know what Black Station is yet. That's yet to be announced. But anyone who is a holder of the Cat Blocks Puma uh, collab get a guarantee mint. And that floor has already 2X'd uh, from Friday when it was mentioned, currently at 0.33 ETH. Onto crypto, we've got BTC at 23.6, ETH is at 1863. So BTC and ETH still seeing a nice little uptick, and ETH continuing to outperform BTC on the seven day. Overall, crypto is holding well as august 2 and continues to be a scenario of no news is good news and while some of the nft projects continue to capture attention and volume we are still in this muted mid-teen 14 15 range so we need to see what happens there over the month so for now that 24 hour forecast is light rainy showers back to you folks
5: Woo! let's out. go signal <laughs>
0: Well, uh, clearly your weather report got kicks pretty jazzed up, but a fantastic job as uh, usual. Just some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is also written by Signal and sent out five days a week. You can subscribe at the nifty.com. Uh, we got some celebrities Justin Bieber, Paris Hilton, among 19 total celebrities called out for shilling NFTs without disclosing their connections to the project. So what a surprise. Never imagined that something like that could happen. Um, uh, This is actually pretty interesting if you're a big fan of like Web3 ethos, is that Premint, in an effort to keep their holders safe, is now requiring all creators to KYC before making allow list offers to the Collector Pass community. Uh, I got to think that that's a good thing. That's pretty good. Like if you're trying to leverage uh, the audience of Prement, you're going to have to KYC. Um, And yeah, I mean, one other story is just OpenSea actually releasing some new features on the stats page after just so damn long and after making so much money. So it's great to see uh, at least one new feature rolled out. So, I mean, look, Jonas Jonas had his hand raised. I'm about to let Sergito on stage. I asked Sergito to join us today because I thought it would be a really good uh, thing to talk to him about where we're at in the NFT market. You know, uh, he started just before I, me and Kix did in the NFT space um, and has, you know, become one of the, the more notable collectors in the space. So, And he works in traditional finance, so I'm excited to hear from him. going to let him on stage in just a 2nd going to rotate speakers to get him on here, so please. Do not get upset if I take you off. I want to hear from Jonah. So Jonah uh, is the, the most thorough researcher that I know, or one of the most thorough researchers that I know in the NFT space. I also know, Jonah, that you love to discuss your research at length, and we, we can't do a lecture-level discussion. No, this discussion. is going to be short. This okay, be short. go ahead. Go Welcome ahead. back from Europe, Jonah!
9: Hey, thank you, thank you. I'm exhausted. Uh, I want to say... Uh, I got to listen to your show many times in Europe. It was good because you know. Were you on were a before. yacht
1: while while you were listening?
9: Was I on a yacht? Yeah. I cannot confirm and deny where I was.
1: I was Set in out. five
9: countries, but I can't say where I. I can't say what where, Damn. but there may have been one yacht. But um, okay. It was good. Well, look was at that. Time. But uh, I, well, I wanted to comment on the doodles thing, and then one one thing that's under the radar that I think I don't know if it's alpha because I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but no one paid attention to it. So regarding doodles and cats, I like both, but I think the doodles are better positioned. And I think the reason is animation. Uh, they both have great art, but the doodles animators are substantially better. And I think there's a lot to be said for good animation because good animation means good storytelling. Good storytelling means probably better price because with good storytelling, you've got you know a lot of hype and, and talk. So I just think doodles has better animation.
1: Um, um, to say that animation means that it's going to be good storytelling, I feel like is a little bit of a stretch. It means good animation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know no, like...
9: Well, but if, you, but, but if you go look at, you know, the cats don't really have much animation, but the doodles have, you know, if you go look at their videos and their content, they do kind of tell a story. And if you look at 10KTF, a lot of their value has come from animation, and that animation has helped tell stories. So I think the animation. Uh, does matter. I don't know if you want to keep talking about that. I one. do agree
3: with that, Jonah.
0: Yeah.
1: Agree to disagree. Okay. You know, it's yeah, all good. All right, all
9: right, Nick all right. loves disagreeing with Jonah I, so I, much. I know. It's I'm fine with
1: it. I <laughs> I love
9: I love it. It's good debate.
3: Jonah's like, ETH is 1800. Nick's like, ah, I don't know about that, buddy. I'm <laughs> 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 not too sure about that one. <laughs> it,
9: look, I'm, like, I'm all good with debates. The second one is um, you know, a lot of these VCs and intellectuals want to become Soho House. It's like very apparent. Like, that's the only model is this Soho House model. And if uh, one that's interesting is Herman Narula. I assume people here know who that is. Do we know? If you don't know, he's the creator of the Other Side. He he is the he's the guy. Uh, that's, you mean, the, yeah, Im- I've been following impro- him on
0: Twitter. Improbable is he yeah, a, but, okay, yes,
9: but and improbable is the one that's making the Other Side. Right. it's not Board A Club. They, yes. they they commission them. So Herman Narula is the is the godfather of all the Other Side, and he's been hinting on Twitter uh, that he wants to create a book club. And I used to think book clubs didn't make sense, but the more that I've thought about book clubs, they do operate like Soho houses, where book clubs lead to dinner parties, dinner parties lead to these clubs, and you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think if Herman Narula creates an NFT book club around Metaverse Thinkers and whatnot, I think that that might have might have value. I mean, i have yeah. seen that with the CPG club and a bunch of others who have tried that. I think the next meta for VCs and these i don't want to say thought leaders because that usually means they have no thought but herman Nerula, i guess definitely is a thought
3: leader yeah well with all due respect herman like uh i don't give a shit about a fucking book club okay get right. other side out okay <laughs> get other eye on the prize buddy laser in on that okay, okay? Okay, we got a $325 million market cap over here. We need some game. We need some gameplay, okay? I don't need to hear about how you read a book and it was really good and you like how it made you feel, okay? I'm trying to feel how it is shooting a bored ape with a laser gun on top of a mountain and making money while doing it, okay? All due respect. Okay,
0: so ladies and gentlemen, Kix got eight hours of sleep last night, and it results in this high octane energy. his accurate, his accurate, yeah, he actually his makes accurate market point.
1: assessments.
0: That, that's true. And we, you know, I I don't think we're gonna get a book club. I don't think that's the big news that's gonna drop. Look, I wanna hear from Node real quick, and then and then I wanna introduce Sergito and, and hear Sergito's thoughts on the market. I asked him to join us today. But Node, you've had your hand raised. I'm always curious to hear what Node, the, the host of Node Mode, the new podcast that's rolling out, has to say. Go Go ahead node
10: well i'm feeling pretty 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 good i sold my doodle last month for 15 eth so just it always feels good to one-up nick every once in a while <laughs> what
0: uh, the f- you're I always long, one-up I, and nick
10: i have long surmised that doodles killed cool cats and it's and it's because of one simple thing is that uh when doodles came out i just thought hey would i rather have a doodles pfp or a cool cats pfp and the answer was doodles and it, it, it sounds simple but I feel like they took the brand positioning that cool cats had and they expanded on it um you know I, I think i think doodles has a much farther reach um and it is a little bit more broad versus like a cat is a cat not everybody wants to be a cat um and, and then <laughs> Listen to this
0: sophisticated analysis a cat it, is a cat not everyone wants to be a cat <laughs>
10: Dude, we... <laughs> I, you got to keep things simple for me. And hey, it's turned out, right? I flipped both my cool cats for a profit and then rotated into doodles and that worked out for me. And uh, But I will say this, and I, I forget, was it uh, Takeaway or whoever? I think the answer to this question though was like, you know, when you have uh, all these projects, there's there's just a huge difference between will the, brand be su- will the company be successful and then how much value will they actually provide to their holders? And half of the value that comes to the holders is, they want they want to be part of that that club or whatever it is, right? And it's all intangible. And so uh, Doodles has that a little bit more, a little bit more of that panache, you know, than, than cool cats in my opinion. And that's why I think is is the big difference. It's like it's it's so simple. It's just do you want to be part of that club, that part of that cool book club? And if you do, the price of that asset is going to maintain its value. It's half of it is is really just that, I think.
0: Hey, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that node, and node has some of the better takes in the space. Um, and and you know, I'm just I, excited. Yeah, go ahead. Nick.
1: I just wanted to say that the analysis of which animals people have preference for, I think, is spot on, <laughs> and it's far superior than to any analysis of animation versus still images. Like, I just think, you know, we, th- we, we you got it. You got to do the animal analysis. You got to figure out whether or not you, you're the the market wants cats, dogs, apes. Birds like which zoo animal are you are you betting on usually you want to bet on a horse, right, and so I think that that may be the future here, so anyways, back to you yeah, Nick, I, I mean I'm look at to
10: here Sergito's uh, thesis on on the crypto dickbutts speaking yeah, of but... <laughs> you know animals.
0: Well, I mean, Nick just said what the, he basically just summarized what modern finance is. It's just animal pictures. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, I asked Sergito, also known as the king of me bits.eth, to join us. Sergito is an OG nifty gateway mod, an OG NFT whale from early 2021. He's ex Goldman Sachs. He's a big shot over at Fireblocks, working full time in Web3, building out this industry. Uh, and of course, he's a crypto bank holder. Sergito, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
11: Hey, guys. Wow. Exciting to be back. I remember the early days of the Nifty Show with Nick back in our Nifty days. Um, what a, Honestly, what, what a success. Congratulations, first and foremost. You guys have absolutely crushed it, and it's so nice to see uh, so many people that I know in the audience. Thank you for having me. I appreciate, appreciate the invite. Definitely not a whale, though. Or maybe if I overspent in Nifty back in the day, that's all gone to zero. So, <laughs> if you want to call it. But I was flying back from uh, from Italy last night, and I was going through my 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 photo roll on my cell phone, and there's a screenshot of when Amex cut me off from my uh, credit card at 115 thousand dollars <laughs> in a month in uh, in March of, um, of 2021. And yeah, I got what well, if I could go back in time, I would probably. Uh, yeah, probably try to sell everything a little bit closer to the top than I did, but oh well.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you, so first of all, low key flex flying back from Italy last night. And uh,
1: and thank you for your camera. Yo, he was here. in the back row next to the bathroom, though. I mean, that's just where I he was, had to sit. I
11: was. It was I, listen, I bought a freaking basic economy seat because I'm fucking broke now. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I paid I paid off for premium economy on the way there. It's a red eye, right? So you want to try to sleep. On the way back, I, I, I bought basic economy uh boarding group nine I didn't even know they went to like what the actual fuck and uh, <laughs> I see my, my my ticket um and the seat 18a and I'm like okay window uh middle of the plane that, that's lucky then I sit on it and it's like a it's like a not premium economy but the one that is not like the shittiest um <laughs> And the only open seat on that flight was the one next to me. So I was like, all right, fucking winning. It felt like, you know, maybe selling doodles at 15.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. And thank you for the kind words, Sergito. But we are just getting started. Definitely not, uh, you know, like uh, enjoying our success just yet because we got a ton, ton, ton more to do. But, you know, anyway, so you come from traditional finance. I always enjoy your tweets about the market. I've pinned a tweet to the top. You, One of the tweets that really stands out to me is when uh, people were calling for six-figure Bitcoin. I was definitely one of those people. Uh, the Bitcoiners were calling for that. The Ethereum people were calling for $10,000 Ethereum. And a lot of people, when we didn't get those numbers, people felt that this was the weakest cycle and that we didn't see the blow off top that everybody was expecting, that we had seen in previous cycles. But you had a tweet that actually said, Anyone that said that we didn't see the blow-off top wasn't paying attention to NFTs. And when you look at the market caps of NFTs and the liquidity that went into NFTs in the fall of 2021 and then Pico top in January, I think that your thesis, what you were talking about, your analysis is spot on. You know, given where we're at right now, uh, you know, we've gotten a little bit of a bump maybe because of the Bored Ape space last night attracting the attention of what was effectively to me like the entire NFT space. I think you can look at the concurrent listeners in the Board Ape Yacht Club space and then maybe the the total views or, or the total listens on that that podcast, basically, and you can point to that as how big the NFT space actually is. I would just love to know what you think of where we're at. Do you think that we're near the bottom? Do you think we're going to keep going? And just like, you know, where do NFTs go from here? What does the future of NFTs look like? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that and I'd love to know what your thoughts are sure
11: well actually that sounded way smarter than i usually tweet so i hope that's still somewhere out there i love to <laughs> screenshot it show it to my kids when they know them for stupid tweets um where are we right now it's it's really hard to tell right because obviously everybody was super excited about everything in, in january of this year um, we had just had a giga pump in nfts which i think few people realized was really the consequence of the X2, Y2 and the Luxray airdrop. I mean, even Punks, we had like SIG token, um, which was, I don't know, $5,000 per punk that we got airdrop. Um, you know, you sold it within the first, call it 36 hours. There was a lot of liquidity coming to the space just as tokens, uh, you know, fungibles were, were starting to to really cool off. Um, obviously, ETH and Bitcoin put in their tops, what, late, late November, early December. Um, and then, people are really, really quick to benchmark themselves to to recent highs. Um, and that plays with our psychology. I think, you know, obviously the space um, is a lot of people that don't really have experience trading risk markets. Um, and I think that's why, you know, people with those traditional backgrounds um, have done so well because there's so much etch just from having experience trading traditional markets. Now I was never a professional trader. I was on the sales side always. always. But folks like OSF who spent his, you know, his years... Um, trading distress credit at Barclays. Folks like, yeah, yeah, was obviously a former equity trader. Folks like Batsu Yum, also former equity trader. Folks like, you know, Keyboard Monkey, um, also experiencing that side. And, and I think a lot of those folks were able to tell that um, that last hurrah, that last uh, liquidity induced top was probably the best opportunity to to shed most of the, of the PFP exposure, which was what had pumped in in january now for those of us who were around in april and march and may of last year that's the same thing that happened to nifty um we had that massive pump and some people were really really smart to sell i think i don't know it was one of you guys i think it was kicks maybe stuffed me with like a mad dog jones for like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> uh, now granted i love mad dog jones i'll never sell it but i could have waited six months and bought it for like three grand
3: if it makes um, you feel better, I bought it for twenty five k. So no, no one, no one was winning there. <laughs>
11: <laughs> yeah, but it's just natural market cycles, and 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 you know I think most NFT traders, just like crypto traders or traders of anything else, uh, will really make a good investment by just studying uh, trading psychology, um, market cycles. I think you know I think in the tweet where I was talking about the different. Um, stages of a bubble there is a very famous study um that was put out by this guy minsky many many like decades ago that describes the five stages of of a bubble and if you look at the way it's charted and you chart it versus those, i haven't done it versus nft projects in the in the fall and winter i was charting it versus uh yielding tokens from some of the nft projects or like the bananas from the cons and all that stuff the chart almost always matches perfectly the time frame differs, but the chart always has these different areas that are very noticeable, and that's because they're the result of human psychology. And markets obviously are just an aggregator of the combination of you know thousands and thousands of people. In this case, in the NFTs, and maybe hundreds of people today, but who are all you know trading and letting the psychology take over. And and, and I think that's. That would be my biggest takeaway. Where are we? I don't know. I have, you know, I have some opinions and I'll share those, but I think for context, I do think everybody wants to make money in any kind of market um, should, should look at work by people like Denise Shaw, who is the psychologist on which the Wendy Rhodes character um, on billions was based on. And she has a book or two out. Um, she tweets a lot about, you know, psychology of your, of your trading and, and your feelings and all that stuff. I think that's, probably the best investment today regardless of, you know, whether the pfp that you buy, you know, 10x is in the next few months because I'll set you up for 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 life I would say.
0: Well, th- I mean, yeah, that's a fantastic what? recommendation, Nick, go ahead.
1: W- w- what's the name of that book? Uh,
11: Market Minds I think. It's by Denise Shore.
1: Denise <laughs> Shore. Market Mind yeah. Games Denise Schul.
11: Yes, that
1: one. There you go.
0: There, there's some uh, book club reading, like what Jonah was talking about. Yo, you know, maybe Sir- we give a
1: book to one lucky person in our audience. You know, one <laughs> book. <buck. laughs>
9: y'all, y'all laughing until Gary Vee comes in with another book and
0: makes someone twenty grand. We're giving away one book, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to one lucky winner. Um, no, but like Sergito, that was that was a fantastic, you know, kind of breakdown of of your thoughts on on you know what we're seeing in the NFT market. I guess you know. Yeah, Yumi and Kicks went through the Nifty Gateway bubble bursting and that felt like it was a real bear market. It felt like we were, you know, experiencing like a broader NFT bear market, but then Bored Apes came out, you know, within 30 days and we saw a big pickup and then ultimately after August, so this is like 4 months later, we saw the the biggest bull run besides January, right? So it wasn't a proper bear market. I think a lot of people think that this is a proper bear market. Sure as hell feels that way. And it's not like there are isolated NFT wins, you know, on a platform or in a sector. Um, obviously, we've seen fine art appreciate, you know, art blocks like Fidenza's, ringers, things like that, the kind of OG art blocks collections. CryptoPunks, you know, Nick bought the Pico Bottom. Got to give him credit for it. They went as low as 55000 I believe. For so now.
11: We'll yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. He's a smart wow. guy, you know? <laughs> not <laughs> well, he's got. looking, but he's smart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we got Tony. Tony's in his ear telling him to buy CryptoPunk, so he's got a little bit of a tip. But um, anyway, uh, you know, now Punks are up again. Um, you know, when you look at NFT prices, right, obviously any individual NFT project, it's impossible to say whether we'll see the prices that we saw back in
11: January again.
0: But when I look at like the, the very Which top of the I don't think
11: that's ever going to happen again, by the way. I'm sorry to cut you off. But, you know, you mentioned something about Nifty. And how we thought that was it for NFTs. I think the main difference between then and now is that back then there was only, you know, a couple thousand of us. Um, and then the people who had come over from, from TopShot. So there was a lot of capital on the sidelines looking to, you know, looking for that 5x, 10x, 100x that they had seen on TopShot and Nifty. And there was a lot of money. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure everybody here remembers having random ass friends who never touched crypto texting them about NFTs and, and because we all had done a really good job at saying, hey, you know, this is really a space where people can make money. It's exciting. It's the future of technology and, and really sell the dream, not just of the profits, but of what NFTs were supposed to change. Whereas today, I mean, we're all fucking broke. Anybody that's been following us on the personal side knows we've lost a lot of money. I mean, I just had a podcast with Real Vision, last week where I literally like opened up my heart about my like life and my upbringing and shit. And the freaking description on Spotify says, imagine having $5 million portfolio and just watching it all melt down. Like <laughs> I think the marketing that we are getting right now out of this cycle is, is very, very negative And people are afraid to come in and, and, you know, all the rocks, everything negative that's happened, people would just stay away. Whereas before it was like, oh, we're supporting artists or, oh, we're buying the future of like, you know, fandom through Top Shot. And then, yeah, Bored Ape took that away. But I mean, you know, punks went ballistic even before Bored Ape uh, went ballistic in the summer. ArtBlocks went ballistic. And so I think it was a lot of new capital and the people that were here guiding that new capital so towards kind of like good places. Um, whereas now new capital comes in and then something this shitty, shitty ass drops of things that are like so late cycle, a bunch of like web two folks who you know think they can make money. I mean, you know, my friend Ryan Carson being one example. Um I think it's a very, very wow. Sancho. <laughs> I have my thoughts, but you know. Um no, but like listen, look look at look at for example, Moonbirds. I mean motherfuckers thought they were getting equity in a brand, right? They're not. You're buying a JPEG that gives you access to a revolutionary thing called staking by another name, nesting, whoa, right? And so people were looking at proof, We're looking at grills, grills went ballistic. They, even the way people talk about projects today, they think they're buying equity and you're not. Like you are the product of this companies. When you look at decks, when you look at, for example, the Yuga deck, right? Like they really do an effort at, hiding the realization that you know there's different opportunities for them to cash out through selling you shit. um and, and if you look at that timeline they had in one of those slides you can see okay well this is a cash out opportunity cash opportunity and that's what all these somebody mentioned vcs uh you know before i joined um the stage and it's like that's what they're investing in the ability to take your money and then sell you a dream um, and that's why, that's what, for example, transitioning into dickbots and punks, um, <laughs> I, I like, I like, I do think NFTs are the future um, for many reasons. They're the MVP for digital assets, really come in, MVP, I mean, uh, minimum viable product for digital assets really coming into our lives, you know, just in a more broad acceptance way. But, you know, projects like dickbots where it's their own community without, anything else that's building and it's something they used to see in other projects but that has largely gone away as value melted away um in, in big Bot, you have a very close-knit community that's building shit and what is building shit it's not a stupid ass play to earn game it's not a stupid ass token that's gonna go to zero no it's just building that kind of like book club book club, uh, book club feeling right like that whole i belong to this which is like it takes us back to the days were nifty and like, you know, we had the Discord opening up for X artists or Y artists and you felt like you were part of that community. And that's really why we were stupid enough to not sell all that, you know, editions of a thousand because you felt like belonging. And that's what NFTs originally tapped into before it became a, like a greed of musical chairs. Those I yeah. like the big bucks.
0: Yeah, and and you know, great great call out there referencing the, the book club. I, I have some questions on the fine arts side, but I want to throw to signal. Signal's always got fantastic thoughts and questions for guests. Signal, did you have a question for Sergito or a thought?
7: Yeah, hey Sergito. So yeah, I I just heard you say that you're on uh, Real Vision um last week. So I'm guessing you must have been speaking to Rapal. Um he's on, he's a proponent that the US government will switch on the printer machine again. Under what macro conditions would we would what what would need to be the macro conditions for us to see the U.S. government switch on the printer machine um, again?
6: Oh, that's
11: actually a good good question. Um, yeah, Raul's become a, a mentor and a friend. I'm really grateful for the opportunities that he's allowed me on on Real Vision. I've had a bunch of different NFT artists uh, that I've interviewed on Real Vision, um, and I wrote his annual outlook for NFTs for his subscriber service called Global Macro Investor. Um, what about the macro world? lead us to the US printing again. So if you look today at forward-looking data, um, and obviously there's a plethora of macroeconomic indicators out there, um, but you look, for example, at the ISM. Now the ISM is a survey that gets done. There's an organization, the ISM asks uh, manufacturing production managers at all kinds of different companies, you know, around the world, not just the U.S., but around the world, and they ask them to pretty much rate um, or grade how they feel different things. So, you know, is it easy to hire somebody right now? Is it not? Uh, are your input prices rising or are they dropping? And and so they they have this methodology that then really seeks to condense uh, the state of the of the manufacturing economy into one number. Um, so, if the economy is kind of like not really expanding and not really dropping, it's a fifty. So any ISM reading over 50 tells you that there's expansion. ISM reading under 50 tells you that it's contraction. So if you look at the rate of change of ISM in the past leading into recessions, you can actually lag that far, three or six months. Um, you can tell that you know, in the last four or five recessions that we've had, there's been similar circumstances as we have today where the rate of change of the ISM year on year, so the ISM, you know, for September last year versus this year, it's going to be negative this year. Why? Because obviously last year was still in this massive expansion given the monetary stimulus. And so while things still feel okay today, it is the rate of change going forward that is going to start to make it feel not so good, right? So GDP measures, like when you get your re- quarterly GDP reading, they don't say the GDP was $3.78 trillion. What you get is GDP was X percent change year over year or quarter over quarter. So everything forward looking in macro and markets is about the rate of change plus reality versus expectation. So right now the macro forward looking indicators are pointing towards you know a recession. Um, the treasury yields market is telling you the same. So the yield curve, and that is the difference between the rate on the 10 year part of the treasury uh, minus the rate on the two-year part of the treasury is at the most inverted rate, so that means the market is telling you we're expecting a recession. So obviously, given the way our economy is today, um, the only way that you know the central bank has been able to smooth out that business cycle has been by by doing monetary stimulus. And so, in you know, six months, nine months from now, where things are. Pretty gnarly, according to leading indicators. That's why the expectation amongst the micro community is that the central bank will have to not only stop tightening, that's priced in for the end of the year, but also start uh, turning on the the helicopter uh, cash, as they call it, because it's just you know money falling out of the sky.
0: So in other words, you know, Let's quantitative go. easing.
11: <laughs> quantitative Let's easing. go.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm hearing this six to nine months quite a bit, right? If you listen to the All In podcast, David Sachs, uh, Chamath Palihapitiya, they reference six to nine months from now. Um, you know, I listened to a podcast recently with an economist on Anthony Pompliano's show. He's referencing six uh, to nine months from now. He's a giga bear at this point because of all the factors that are at play. You know, back to the NFT stuff that we were just talking about, Sergito, you know, we, we've been referencing the fine arts side of the NFT market. And I think that judging by what you're talking about with dick butts and crypto punks, you know, maybe you're not thinking of it th- that way, but I would put them into the fine art side of it. As, as funny as that sounds and as ridiculous as it is, especially for dick butts, that's the category I would have to put them in, right? Because they're not like a Web3 startup. They're not anything like that. It, it would kind of be like a fine art sort of play. Do you think that the fine art, and, and you come from Nifty Gateway like me and Kix do, so you're, and you're friends with artists, you interview artists on Real Vision, which is so Cool. By the way, you know, do you feel like the legacy art world, right? The the Christies and Sothebys, and I know they've already gotten in, you know, quote unquote, but they haven't gotten into the point where the collectors that are buying Mondrians and you know Richters and uh, you know Warhols are actually buying NFTs. The big, big, big sales on NFTs, like the Beeple sale, were crypto native people. Do you think that we'll see those traditional art collectors get into buying NFTs and then that can be what leads to NFTs seeing insane valuations, but it'll be like the CryptoPunks and the, the Fidenzas, the fine arts side of the market versus like the quote unquote startups like a Moonbird. Uh,
11: short answer, no. Uh, and two things. First of all, you know, I think those were really those purchases by like Metacoban and then like BirdAo. Um, of the high-profile NFTs at the auction houses. Um, Those were good top indicators, right? It was just people that that kind of wanted to keep this going. Um, I actually spent uh, some time with a big traditional art collector over the weekend. Um, That's why I was in Italy, and uh, their curational team. Um, And it's clear to me that while there is massive interest in the space, they're not yet ready to come in and really uh, buy at the same rate as you know, the more crypto natives were buying, which you know, I don't think the, the demand will be there, will be high enough to, to get to the valuations that you're referring, right? So they, they're definitely collecting, but not to the point where like, it would really move, move the needle for two reasons. First, the crypto natives are massively long, so like you know, there's, there's plenty of supply there already. And as we know, markets are a function of supply and demand. But on the demand side, um, what's really interesting is they, they definitely follow, you know, the traditional art market. And apparently the last, and I don't know this because I'm not a traditional art collector, but the last three years have been a boom market for contemporary art. So that's art that's been created over the last two three years, hits the auction block or the galleries, and it sold, it's apparently breaking all kinds of records. They're actually under the expectation that that's going to cool down. And why? Well, honestly, it goes back to the macro. They really think that, you know, given that at least for now, the era of easy money is gone, um, and they expect people to start pulling back. And so, you know, NFTs are just further on the risk curve, but everything gets affected at the end of the day. So they're not really buying it um, because they're already starting to pull back from the traditional art world. And then on top of that... um, this traditional art collector, they really do have an appreciation for kind of like the journey of an artist. And, and, and so let's be honest with each other, right? Like a lot of the good NFT artists, as talented and successful as they are, you know, it's hard to call somebody a blue chip when they've been, you know, minting NFT art or digital art for, for a year or two, right? Like it's, it's, it's that legacy of an artist and the composition of the body of work through time that makes a traditional art collector want to take that piece and hold it. Additionally, there is endless supply right now, like at 20, you know, mid 20, mid 30s, NFT artists have 60 years of producing left. And, and this traditional art collectors have realized that, hey, then it's like a band, right? Like it's uh, this band is never going to do another concert again. And four years down the road, they run out of cash and the reunion tour comes out and the reunion album with like the B-sides. Um, and I think they're, they're quite hesitant at making big bets in the space. And while I think we'll continue to hear like, you know, X big traditional galleries doing NFT, X big traditional collector, you know, bought a big piece it won't be as broad as necessary for prices to really uh, shoot back up to the levels that we have seen um, in the last 24 months.
0: Fair. Look, it's it's a fair take. Um, you know, I wonder if we extrapolate things by like 10 or 15 years, right, which is so hard to do. I wonder if those art collectors or new fine art collectors don't really like, you know, uh, they don't see a huge difference between physical and digital pieces. And, and maybe that can, you know, have a big impact. But yeah, I mean, for the, the near future, I could totally see what you're talking about. Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's on your mind?
12: Yeah, how's it going, Sergito? I just wanted to first apologize uh, for my boorish Anglo friends for, uh, you know, mispronouncing your name and botching it. I'm filing (laughs) the appropriate complaint with the Latin XYZ community, and and I'll have them all (laughs) shortly. But um, you are, you know, you're ex-Goldman Sachs, so it's like that, you know, that whole world is highly, highly rational, highly analytic. You know, even if you're making a big sort of counterintuitive trade, which is where the big money Money is, you know, it's still based on some sort of rationality, and I was just wondering in this in this wild market where you know, even when you're trying to play, you know, use NFT nerds and you try to have all these, uh, you know, or these so you use all these tools and you use your own bots or either scam. Like sometimes it seems like <laughs> the place that make money defy all odds, and and it can be I think I imagine it can be crazy making for people who are like you and Nick who are just kind of used to following the numbers. A lot of people. Uh, I just wondered if you do you just try to ignore the noise and just stick with a plan or do you sometimes just let it fly based on based on the vibes like what's the coming from like real finance have what is your thought about just sort of the mental approach to this market
11: yeah I think that's a great question um I just look at the people who have done really well in crypto overall over the last what 12 13 years that crypto has been around most of them have low time preference So that means they're thinking five, 10 years out. Um, And most of them make concentrated bets in, 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 you know, whatever they end up going with. I think that obviously we all got caught up in the hype last year. And it was fun, don't get me wrong. I mean, I particularly remember one day I was at a bar here called Common Ground in New York and me bagging with my wife. Um, Shout out Mrs. Sergito, Thanks for putting up with me all the time and letting me waste all our money on JPEGs. Um, she did get a nice three D punk out of it, so I guess were, were, we're cool. But I remember one day when our blocks and punks were going nuts, and I just sat there at the bar for literally twelve hours, refreshing levels and drinking champagne. <laughs> so we all fell for it. Uh, some people were able to cash out insane amounts. Others not so much. Others are still here trying to figure it out. But I have shifted more towards low time preference, concentrated bets, thinking about not just artists, but also, like I said, project Like Button stuff, that punks, maybe it's um, will be around in the next three, five, seven years where I see value in the long term. And I'm just gonna accumulate that and, and kind of like chill away from the NFT trading. I think you know, obviously there's a whole royalty situation going on right now, but even if you looked from from uh, uh, trading perspective, um what is it, 12, 15 percent um, just commission rate? That kills you on a on a trading. Plus the bid offer spreads are a couple leap on, on each project. I mean, people trying to flip board apes today, where are they like 80 or something? They need apes to go to like what 88 just to break even. So that's a total order in the kind of market that we're in. There's also, not, there's also no sh- no shorting. So the market's still very inefficient, but you know, tends to only on one way. Um, and so you know, for me it's really shifted away from additions and, and the additions are good to like, support artists that you like. I already have a ton of them. Um, so, so definitely pulling back on those and just thinking of stuff like, for example, Rafik Anadol, right? He is a top-level artist with incredible partnerships across the traditional art and technology space. He's building out DataLand, which is going to be this amazing museum-style exhibition you know, two years out. So you really have to think about two years out. Um, but I've just been accumulating a lot of his, like, you know, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, uh, 0.12 pieces uh, in preparation for that. And so, yeah, I think trading is, is tough. You need to be glued to the screens 24-7. I don't know how you guys feel, but I felt really, really burnt out towards, you know, last year. It wasn't healthy anymore. For um, sure. I couldn't, I couldn't be at dinner without looking at my phone. Like, that's not a way of living. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, it's nice to make a couple thousand dollars here and there, but um, just being so glued to the screen is definitely not healthy. And, and I think that takes away from, from, from people's ability to perform well. So I'm just kind of, like, shifting just completely way more and more on term.
0: I think a lot of people are. Um, so we, we have time for a couple more uh, thoughts you know uh, with Sergito. Bell has had her hand raised, then we can throw it a signal. Uh, Bell, what's on your mind?
8: Hey, Surdito! always a pleasure to talk to you. You said something about crypto object bucks that I want to ask a little bit about because you said that it's the vibe of, you know, not building, it's the community in there and it's not, uh, you gave it an analogy of being in a book club. Something like that would have been a bearish thing on another type of project, right? Where people would be asking, well, what the hell am I getting out of it then other than just being part of the club? What do you think is the trick or why is it that a a project like that would make it and, you know, be a bullish sign versus any other type of project in which one would be saying, all right, well, I'm just going to balance if that's all that I get.
11: Sure. No, that's a good question. I think, you know, it takes a little bit of research, but if you look across the board, the largest dick but holders or people that are working on Big but related stuff are some big, big um, OG crypto personalities. Um, and and that's why I think again those are people with low time preference that have been through the cycles and read them out. They're also not making any money really from you know people trading thickbots. You can compare thickbots to other projects where you know the actual entity that launched the project is making so much money from from the royalties. Um, obviously, there's an incentive for people to trade, and with thickbots, the royalties go to a DAO, and that DAO again it's managed by people like Meltem. I mean if you know if you know about crypto, you know who Meltem is and her track record and obviously very, very successful uh, you know female and it's hard to be a successful female in any industry for obviously that's a conversation for another day, but imagine in crypto, you know, 10 years ago. And so having people like like Meltem at the helm of the community and by default, the, the project um, and no real financial incentive other than the vibes um and, and interacting and networking with those people i think that's what makes me bullish and that's different from other projects where are a little bit more upstart um, and so this might not be the right time for those upstart projects nothing wrong with them i just again as we take time away from the screens kind of like wanna have my money um and i just want to check two telegram groups instead of like you know 14 different discords what i don't really buy because i just don't have the time to spend with them so that's pretty much it I mean, so, look, go ahead, Nick.
1: Well, I was just going to say, like, when you compare um, crypto dick butts versus uh, cryptodes, for example, is the only distinction there because I I feel like cryptodes was one where it was just like literally the Discord. You just wrote vibes and that that's what um, – or croak or whatever the hell the, the, the argument was in Discord that got uh, a bunch of toads to pop up. But, at, like – is the only d- distinction is that you have one person like Meltem who comes in and buys a hundred or 200 or whatever the, I don't know how many she owns some insane number of uh, that particular NFT. Um, cause, it, cause that's something which I've found it difficult to sort of chase. And I've seen uh, the essentially quote unquote vibes switch from one place to the next. And that's the thing where it's been difficult to see if there's any like staying power whatsoever. With with uh, any community I mean uh, cryptopunks has done a pretty good job although like uh, is, is the creator of, of the tele- telegram group behind it e- even I've seen that shift in different directions from like what the discord was last year to what it uh, what the telegram group is today and and I, I guess that that's the thing that I'm sort of curious about like what the uh, like is it really just that one big collector is the primary driver of that
11: no, there's many, many of them. Again, a lot of people who, you know, us that are newer to crypto might not be familiar with. Uh but you had Arthur Hayes, who obviously his stuff gets wet religiously, who so saw value in, you know, adding some tick So some like OG crypto traders that like Kaleo who, you know, are coming in and looking at tick The vibes come and go, you're right. And it's you know, obviously the vibes usually tend to be highly correlated to the floor price movement. Um you know taking a step back crypto dickbots are also you know the foundation of an internet meme that has been around for a long time so if we're thinking long term thinking of like what might have staying power and cultural relevance for for this culture um you know i'd rather own a dick butt, which goes back to like what reddit nightgag and, and like tumblr days than something where you know it was just put together um, by an artist in 2022 it's it's just a different way i mean i'm sure a lot of ways to to make money if you don't buy it with you know having somebody like like melt him and the rest of the folks in the high you know in the high dick butt society uh running well then that's why it's so good that you can just you know list them and i'm sure they'll buy them right up everybody's really excited right now about about what's coming for for the dick butts and stuff like the dick butt ball right like it was probably the best event of nft nyc um, <laughs> It was fun. And like, you know, it's like, you know, I wasn't in a fraternity or whatever in college, but like it gave me those vibes when I was longing to to belong to something like that and and to have it in the crypto NFT space. Uh, To me, that's valuable. And that's why I like it.
0: Awesome. And so we'll throw to Signal. One last question for Sergito, then we'll let him uh, go back to to doing his thing at Fireblocks or or whatever Sergito has to do on a a Wednesday. uh, Signal, what's going on?
7: (laughs) Hey, Yeah, sorry. One last question, Sergito. I'm just wanting to ask, I'm curious about MeBits. Do you have that five to ten year outlook on MeBits simply because it's a sister collection to punks? Or is it because you see them on a separate sort of growth accelerator path for what the MeBit style is trying to do?
11: Yeah, no. So Meebits, you have to have like a 10 year uh, outlook because they, they don't move, right? They're like stable coins. It goes up, they stay the same level as it goes down. At the end of the day, for me, Meebits are just, you know, the the final chapter of two visionary, legendary um, creators, engineers, coders, right? So Matt and John from Larva Labs, pretty much you know, everything we have today is a derivative of punks or auto glyphs, right? So punks inspired everything that's on your profile pictures today. Um, and then glyphs inspired uh, art blogs, which obviously has started another art revolution. So, you know, I think, hey, they're two for two on things that you know, it took years What punks were free in 2017. Uh, you could buy a punk for one E in August of oh, two years ago. So it took years for for the market to realize what they were. I see Mivids as if we are going to move into a world where NFTs are integrated into like commercial marketing and activities, they're fully rigged. They're OG. Uh, They work in like, you know, eight, nine different metaverses today. So and now whether we like it or not, they have the Yuga money and brand behind it. They paid a ton of money for them. They're not going to monetize the punks. They're going to have to monetize the Mivids. So yeah, it's a little bit of a way of saying, Listen, yeah, low time preference, so five years, and then you guys gotta pay a sixteen C back somehow. Um, and I don't know how many more meetings and docs they can do on the website, but the Mibits are really, if, if you guys going to be the Web three brand and not a one hit wonder, Mibit is gonna to have to be the way they do it. So it's a combination of place in that sense.
0: Epic response, Sergito. Well, th- dude, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow Sergito. Uh, when he's not busy doing big things over at Fireblocks, you know, driving the whole industry forward, working full time in Web3, leaving the traditional financial system to go full time in Web3, by the way, uh, you know, he'll drop a tweet here and there that'll blow your mind. Sergito, MeBits holder, CryptoPunk holder, OG Nifty Gateway mod, ex Goldman Sachs, thanks so much for joining today, man.
11: Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to see what you guys keep on building. Um, I'm really, really happy to to see all your success. And obviously, uh, all the people that you have empowered along the way, that, that's your legacy. And, and I can't wait to see what the next you know decade brings for, for you guys. So I appreciate the friendship. I appreciate the invite. And I appreciate the vibes.
0: Appreciate it, man. And uh, since you mentioned it earlier, maybe uh, sometime we might be able to ask Ron Paul if he wants to come on the show. What do you think of that, huh? I can ask him for sure, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was just going to get a no comment. No, that'd be really cool, obviously. But yeah, great, great kicking it with you, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sergito. Sergio Silva. Check him out on Real Vision as well. Um, so... Just to get into a little bit of a room reset for people that are new to the show, uh, we do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we discuss the ins and outs of the NFT market. We had Sergito join us today to give us a little bit of that perspective from uh, a much more sophisticated investor than, than any of the hosts of the show. Um, so that was awesome. If you want to speak, definitely request. Yeah, no, I'm get insulted. All- we got we got 10 minutes left today um but definitely come back tomorrow um shout out to our sponsor ftx you can sign up at the nifty.com slash ftx or with the code the nifty on your ftx mobile app uh FTX, come on, man. Cheapest fees in the game. While everybody else is going under, while everyone else is upside down, they're out here acquiring entities. And if you spend over $200 with our code at FTX, you will get a $20 bonus airdropped into your account in whatever cryptocurrency you bought. So back to the show, we got some kick-ass speakers. Uh, You know, looking at the market, Sergito had so many great points. I just wonder, like, what do people want to deploy capital into right now? Or is it just a waiting game? Potatoes, uh, they saw a high of 1.6 Ethereum. Then they pulled back as low as I want to say 1.1, 1. 1.15. And all of a sudden, they're creeping up again. They're at one26 Allegedly, uh, I saw that you can grow your potatoes, which is what I'm assuming is their staking mechanic. I own a potato. I don't know, I don't know how to grow it yet. Um, but the, we're sitting at like 50% ownership all, all, uh, almost and 11,000 Ethereum of volume traded. I know Quad was in potatoes before. I think Look, Nick's, Nick still owns them. Go ahead, Nick.
8: Well, I was just going to say, yo, we're
1: going from flipping to farming, man. Like it's, it's time <laughs> It's time for a shift and get that generational wealth by teaching our children how to build things on the farm. And what we're building right now is just potatoes. Potatoes are at the foundation of some great things like uh, potato vodka. And, uh, you know, there's <laughs> some other things like French fries. And so I think that, like, that's just – that that's uh, an inspiration and going to uh, withstand the test of time. I'm big on uh, potatoes. Uh, in all <sighs> seriousness, we, we were discussing it this morning. We should get 9Gag CEO on. Um, j- just to chat more about the potatoes, because, uh, I mean, they're building. H- how many other teams do you see rolling things out right now? Um, and, uh, you know, they've been around for at least six weeks, you know, so uh, that is, uh, <laughs> they're, they're going to be here for forever. All right. So uh, big, bullish on the potatoes.
0: Well, I'd love to have a little potato talk, but I just noticed that uh, we got Tom Crown Crypto who requested to speak. Tom, I don't believe that you've been on the show before. It says that you are the host of the R slash Cryptocurrency podcast. It says that you won the Best Technical Analyst 2021 award. I wonder what Crypto Kaleo or Crypto Cred think of that. And it says that you are a crypto quant verified. You have 60,000 plus followers on YouTube. And last but not least, you, you rep hashtag Bitcoin. You're a Bitcoiner. So, you speak in my language. Tom Crown, what do you make of the crypto technicals right now? What prompted you to join the show? We're really excited to have you.
2: Yo, man, thanks for the boss intro. Uh, intro. That was awesome. I should record that and I should just play that back for other people when I got to introduce myself. <laughs> um, well, the show's
0: recorded on Twitter as well as Apple and Spotify <laughs> podcast, buddy. So, go ahead. Nice. All right. I'll
2: have to go back and get it. Great. Yeah. You know what? I just, I've been seeing the Twitter spaces area. I, I made a little fun post about it earlier. Uh, they're, They were really, really hot about a year ago and I've seen them kind of settle down and I saw a lot of people in this one. And so I wanted to jump in just to see kind of where the hype was still here on Twitter spaces. Um, and I've just been kind of like listening. I didn't really expect you to accept me up on stage, but I appreciate it. Um, well, Please. yeah. I mean,
0: your your profile doesn't say used car salesman, right? It says crypto quant, and it says that you're the the best technical analyst of the year. Nifty Nick, our very own uh, our very own co-host, and I easy to...
2: stole that award for 2022. So <laughs> sorry, Tom. I, I, I mean, I'm can. open to challenge. You know what, man? Like, I'm <laughs> down for a good competition. I got I got my post submission ready for this year, so we'll have to we'll have to go at that. I don't actually believe I, that. That's almost it's not a joke award, but you know, I don't. No one is the best technical analyst in the world. It's, we're all just like learning and doing our best. So, uh, um, I think we yeah, started with. I, all right, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong because as a as a technical analyst, I get it wrong sometimes.
0: That's how it works, and and so you know we we have a community in our Discord, a little sub community, the Coin Traders channel, and it's like you know six or seven very active people that are posting their charts and posting their analysis. Like I mentioned, Nick is is a technical analyst in his own right. He's been doing it for for decades at this point. Easy has a ton of experience as well, and then uh, Kicks, who is not on stage right now, but another co-host of the show, also has technical chops. I'd love to know what you're seeing. Like whether you think, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum is a better short term trade right now. Just any thoughts that you have from a technical perspective would be fantastic. And maybe Nick can chime
2: in or, or Easy can too. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Sure. Um, we'll have to hop in that Discord and see what you guys got going on there. So uh I guess the question of Bitcoin or Ethereum right now for a short term trade, you know, any trade right now is is a is pretty wild i mean price is about 50 percent up off of june's low so that makes any kind of long position just the ultimate risk on um it, it is maybe even so perfect that it's looking to me like that it, it almost has to go up it's weird going long right now i think is the riskiest thing you can do you've had months to have lower prices all of a sudden we're kind of back around may's low we haven't quite seen it tested as resistance and it's it's just like that ultimate price where risk is in every direction i actually currently have a short open that i'm hoping gets liquidated i know that sounds weird um
8: basically because i want
2: price to go up if the question is which is better i think in the short term ethereum or bitcoin you know, Ethereum's put on a lot of gains recently. If you look at the Ethereum Bitcoin chart, uh, comparing the value between Bitcoin and Ethereum, it is back to its highs of 2021. And so basically what I'm looking at is a break on that chart. If we see a break on that chart, Ethereum's going to be the uh, pretty obvious winner for the short term. And with the merge hype going on, uh, I think it's likely that we do see that break. I am skeptical, and I have been skeptical, this is going to ruffle some feathers, uh, of the merge overall. Uh, It's a big play. It's never been done before. We've had hybrid chains where we have proof of work and proof of stake at the same time, but we've never seen something so big like Ethereum completely mix it up, completely change the rules. So I'm actually- Would you
0: say, real quick, would you say it's the biggest event in crypto history since the advent of Ethereum?
2: It, probably it is, right it's up i mean it's on it'll be on the list for sure you know it'll in hindsight we'll know but yeah this is this is very big and i guess my issue i'm very kind of conservative and skeptical in crypto is that's a lot of uncertainty you know if we know anything about crypto devs it's that well you can't trust their schedules and um <laughs> you can't trust their schedules and it, you just you got to do it right the first time there's no backsies there's no room for error and that's a lot of uncertainty in the market. So this it can go either way. I'm not saying I'm definitely bearish on it. I'm just cautious. While everyone else around me, I feel, has been very bullish on this lately. And this isn't a new concept. I think Vitalik talked about this in 2015. You know, the transition to proof of stake. So this is this has been coming in the pipeline. It still isn't here. So you know, is it going to happen September 15th? I think that timing actually really lines up well with some of the charts that I've been looking at. But my real hunch is that they're really just waiting to see the market have a little spark of life. And then they're going to kind of time it, time that release with it.
0: All right. And so I brought Kix back on stage. Kix is a big MACD guy. Tom, how do you feel about the MACD as an indicator?
2: I have MACD. Is a fundamental tool to my trading. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the RSI and the baseline when it comes to MACD. Sorry, I don't want to get too technical on you guys, but I'm a huge fan of the histogram. Those are those little bars that you see on MACD. If you if you open it up, if you're familiar with it, um, I think that they're a really good tool to judge momentum. Uh, it's it's definitely. I use MACD in every trade that I make.
3: Tom, don't make me fall in love with you, man. I just met you.
2: (laughs) Uh, Love it first sight, baby.
3: (laughs) Well, well, Tom, Tom, first of all, Thanks
0: for coming, man. Uh, pleasant surprise. I knew we were having Sergito come today. I didn't know we were going to have a, a technical analyst that that speaks really well on Twitter spaces. You're welcome to come back anytime. Maybe we should uh, exchange some DMs after this. You know, l- last couple of things here is like, uh, do you feel like, so you wrote hashtag Bitcoin in your profile, but it sounds like you're a technical trader. So I actually really enjoy speaking to people like this because you, you kind of have both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, historically. All of this crypto stuff has been basically married to the Bitcoin halving cycle. Like we're four times deep into that. And when you listen to some people like Willy Woo uh, and some of the other on-chain analysts that uh, do this full-time they they're just analyzing Bitcoin around the clock mm-hmm. they believe that as the the having reward becomes smaller and smaller it could potentially become less significant however it's looking like right now it still is really significant do you think that you know the next having will play out in in a similar way that the previous ones have um, and, and do you think that in the future we'll see uh, the kind of crypto markets sort of decouple um, from a macro perspective from the having cycle
2: as that reward becomes smaller and smaller yeah a lot of good points there um i'm not a huge on chain guy i I think i'm going to start my response with this uh i have been someone who has looked at the cycles i'm crypto i'm bitcoin og i'm by all means a crypto bitcoin maximalist but not not what comes to mind when you think that Um, and i'm going to admit that i have gotten just left and right over the last two years completely caught wrong just wrong dead wrong because i have been looking for these you know the same cycle that we've seen over and over and over again different characteristics i'm like okay we're looking at kind of uh what kind of all-time high should we see after 20k we go back and we look at the previous moves from all-time highs to all-time highs so i'm plotting everything out i'm looking and saying you know worst case scenario looking at this and this and i'm going to say it none of it has followed the previous cycles this cycle has not been like any of the previous cycles and I'm open to challenge on this, but it has caught me off so many times that I'm very skeptical now to say almost anything, uh, to compare it in, like, in any circumstance to the next, uh, like this cycle or if it is over next cycle. I'm very hesitant to now compare it to the previous ones because it's just been a total different game. Look at the charts. The macro is totally different.
0: Okay, yeah, fair. One last question. There we question.
1: go. You can't do Bitcoin analysis because it's all a bunch of garbage. You heard it here <laughs> first. No! No one
0: cares. Very, very funny. One last question since you're a Bitcoiner. Could you see a situation where as Layer 2s and Layer 3s get built on all these blockchains that, you know, even though Ethereum, for example, is without question the leader in smart contracts and the innovator of smart contracts in the crypto space, Is there a situation where value could accrue to the top, so to speak, and on layer two, layer three on Bitcoin, um, people build things that essentially replicate the the technological progression that happens on Ethereum and things start to live on Bitcoin because it's the most powerful blockchain? Is that something you could ever see happening?
2: Bro, I t- I randomly tuned into the to the correct show here, dude. This it blows my mind how few people understand this. Um, people look at you know Ethereum right is the front leader in layer two. I think that will remain that way for a while. Uh, but guess what? Bitcoin can run a layer two as well. It, the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network is already functional. It certainly isn't widespread, but it is growing quickly. And There's like about Bitcoin, five users on there. Congrats, yeah, Oh, get get out of and, here! And like, no, like let them if, finish. If we had me in. <laughs> If you subtract me, then it's like four. Um so you but you're right, that's a valid point. It's it hasn't actually been put into use yet. We need to see more exchanges like Kraken, I believe, in integrating it. We need to see more adoption of the Lightning Network. But the whole country the of El is,
0: Salvador is using it, but go ahead. Yep.
2: Uh, Shout yeah. out to Laszlo who bought pizza on the Lightning Network. <laughs> um the, the, I guess the main point is, man, once the Lightning Network is, you know, fully powered up, Super Saiyan it's going to make a lot of these other chains obsolete. There's not really going to be a reason to run contracts on another chain that's less secure if you can run them on Bitcoin. And that is an inevitability. It's not, you know, this could happen. It's, it will happen.
4: We just don't really know when it's going to reach that
2: point. Uh, I love that question, but, man. Thank you wait, for asking that.
4: But, but, but like, for example, like people are saying this with Stacks, right? Where like Stacks has an NFT protocol and it's not like Stacks has had any meaningful NFT adoption because it's on bitcoin like it, do you really think that the people for whom bitcoin is like the one and true and all are the same like subset of people who are going to build these like I, i've just not seen the adoption of builders on the existing l2s in like any of these sort of other parts of crypto whereas like on ethereum you see a lot of the developers working on, well, it didn't like, make sense you know, it didn't make sense for them to start on bitcoin these
2: developers So once that, like that environment needs to become more friendly, like I said, like network needs to be expanded and who knows what form that will look like, but the real, like just idea of it is that's a layer two, And that can in theory do all the things that everything else can do. Um, And then at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, well, what kind of chain do you want to use to run it? If you have the choice and it's just as efficient and just as friendly, just as user accessible, whatever, why would you not pick
4: Bitcoin? That would be like my counter question. I I guess just just to wrap on this Mm -hmm. from my perspective, like I I guess to me, it's not an argument. It's more of like we have observed that given the same, like basically the same, like I, I would argue that Stacks operates close enough to ETH that it's not meaningfully different in terms of like, for example, making NFTs. And like we have seen this play out where there's almost no Stacks adoption relative to ETH or even other like L1s. And so, like, I just, what would, like, rather than assuming that everyone's just going to go to the Bitcoin L2, like, I think we've just seen time and time again, they just don't. So I don't know what would make that change is is kind of where I'm coming from.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to argue either. Um, I, and I don't have the answer, honestly. Like, I don't have the answer I think you're looking for. I think uh, it's simply... It's simply like the timing, you know, the timing we say, well, historically we've seen, well, we don't really historically, we don't have a history yet. You know, even smart contracts being functional or having any real use is a very new thing um, to kind of say historically we've seen, I think is almost assuming maybe that it has the same timeline as all of crypto or something, or, you know, kind of not maybe assuming, but communicating that uh, not enough time has passed, you know, the winners and losers in this space are just they haven't been picked, especially the new ones. You know, who saw, uh, Luna, who saw Luna coming nine months ago? Very few people, you know, I, things can change quickly here. And I think the answer is when the Lightning Network offers what it should and what it can, then people have a choice. And it doesn't mean they're gonna absolutely go there. But I think that the this, the security aspect is going to end up being Bitcoin's, uh, you know, thing. It's, you know, people talk about currency, I don't think – and I'm a maximalist. I don't think it's really going to be about currency. It's going to be just about the ultimate collateral and the ultimate secure chain to use you know, these contracts or whatever we're going to do with them in the future, wherever
0: will Tom, there's no question that you and me are fast friends. We essentially have an identical outlook on Bitcoin, mixed with some of these other, uh, you know, crypto kind of sectors. You're welcome to come on the show every t- any time. I'm going to DM you. People in our Discord are, are joking that I finally found my guy. Anyway, we ran over because we talked Bitcoin with someone that knows. Let's this stuff go till twelve, and, and, and is not a uh, an unreasonable maximalist here. Anyway. I'm right. um, we, uh, we really appreciate everybody joining the show today. I'm trying to play a song right now. And for some reason, I'm getting a technical issue. This is weird. It's never happened before. Um, check out the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1030 uh, a.m. EST. We talk all things NFT market and sometimes the crypto markets. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks to Sergito for joining us. Check out our NFT. It's pinned to the top. Uh, check out tom's uh newsletter i'm thrown off by the music but hey we're back ladies and gentlemen yo check out bitcoin check out nfts
5: yeah man node mode tomorrow Two po node
0: mode node mode tomorrow let's go